and we're back from the blue corner. My name is Dennis, and we are up to week 27, which actually means we have cracked the six-month mark, which is an achievement and um, one that I'm quite proud of. Um, yeah, before we get started, I have to remind everyone to obviously subscribe, like, share, comment, all that good stuff. Um, but yeah, what a, what a week it's been. Uh, the US have finally got a uh, new president. Um, today they actually announced that Pfizer has now got a, a, a vaccine for the COVID with apparently a 90% yes. success rate. <laughs> um, you know, so, so things have been going pretty crazy. Uh, last week in the fights, <coughs> uh, we nearly lost an ear. And um, I have to say, even Glover Teixeira is making a comeback. Um, but look, today, today's um, guest um, joins me from the dark side. Um, he represents uh, some of, you know, um, our favourite fighters. Um, he is the head and founder, CEO of Iridium Sports Agency, and he goes by the name of Jason House. Um, how have you been? I know 2020 has been a little bit busier for you than it has been for most, but yeah, how, <laughs> how, how has it been and, and what have you been up to? Man, 2020 has been a great year for us. I, I definitely think um, while the pandemic definitely, um, you know, stopped events from occurring for a bit, I think a lot of our athletes have really capitalized on the opportunity to come in and, and fight short notice for the UFC. And some fighters like Bobby Green and Yusuf Zalal who have fought, you know, four times this year, they've really maximized their their opportunity. That's been, that's kind of happened due to COVID. So I, I do feel like, uh, you know, year has been challenging. I do, I do think when we look back at this moment in time, we'll look at it that we've made the most of the opportunities that were presented. And I mean, you you bring up Bobby Green. He 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 has been on a bit of a tear. I mean, they were talking about that he was going to have the uh, the the record for four four yeah. wins in the shortest amount of time. Obviously, yeah. it didn't it didn't go his way on on the last fight. But um, he he's seriously been making some noise. And 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 the funny thing with that one is um. You know, it was only, was it last year or was it the year before, um, you know, he, once again, a, a decision didn't go his way and, and he kind of said, that's yep. it for him. And, and he said, I'm sick of these judges. I'm done with the sport. I'm out. Um, <laughs> you know, you, you obviously know him better than most. Was that, was that always going to be the case? Did, did you take him seriously when he, when he said he was done or, or was that just more, I guess, the raw emotions of, of that fight? Did you did you always know he was going to come back? And did you did you think he was going to come back and make this kind of noise and 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 have this kind of steam behind him? Uh, I took it seriously in the sense that I could see the hurt and the and the seriousness of his emotions when he said he was going to retire. I believe he was going to retire. Absolutely, Bobby loves. It. It's a great relationship between those two. And I just feel like the emotions of, you know, having another decision not go our way was just getting the better of him at that place, you know. So when he said it, you know, I, I, I was, you know, I took him very seriously, but I told him, like, Bob, you're not done yet. Still got a lot left in the tank. You know, Bobby's style is very unique. I think sometimes, you know, the judges don't really understand quite what they're watching when they're watching Bobby. Because look at the stats and, you know, some of those losses, I think most, actually most all of them, He's winning the strike count. He's winning the takedown count. Like he's winning the things that really matter. You know, it, it's just the way he fights. I think sometimes, you know, they're not they're not sure what, what they're watching. Um, so I, I knew he wasn't going to retire. And you know, 
this year alone, like, you know, people saying, oh, man, he's kind of making a comeback. You know, do you think he could still do that? Uh, Bobby can always do it. Bobby is one of the, the best athletes that I've ever worked with. And I've always told him that I said, Bobby, when, when you're when you're on and you're focused, you're the you're the best in the world, in my opinion. And uh, I'm really it's really been a blessing to see him, you know, have this year that he's having. And I think he's used his platform for some great, you know, for some really some great post fight speeches and really, you know, captivating our society. We actually got on Fox Business News. Uh, you know, they wanted to interview him. Uh, the thing that he had, you know, stated about his father and, you know, how, you know, he loves all races. And I just thought, you know, he's really done a great job of using his platform in a, in a, in a very negative time. He's used it for the positive. Now, with, with him using this platform, is <laughs> Like, has he given this stuff a lot of thought or is it straight off the cuff? Because as I say, like he, he, he's always made, you know, ways with, with his fights, right? Like he, he is an entertaining fighter and stuff like this, but this, this post fight stuff is kind of something new. Um, but Mm -hmm. it, 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 it really, as I say, like some of the messages he drives in, um, I mean, you just brought up the one with his father, the, the, the last one, uh, well, Obviously not the last one because he lost that one, but the one before that was great too, you know. And and it was obviously about the uh, the wrestler um, that was executed, and and you know he yep. he he spoke, and even to the point of just you know like it was so heartfelt because he said it really messed him up because they obviously did a tribute, and and I'm sure you know from the USC's perspective they were trying to do the right thing as well. But he's like, man, you show me this stuff as I'm walking out to my fight, kind of thing. And he's like, dude, that that really messed me up, right? And and I remember, I'm I'm not sure who was interviewing him. I think it was Bisbing, you know. And he kept trying to go with this this interview, and and the realness of Bobby, just like, do you not understand right now? Like, a guy just died. <laughs> yeah. Like, we're talking about a fight. A guy's just died, you know. Like. And and I think it strikes chords like across the globe, like the the the, the stuff that he's been saying, and, and the same thing with the the father and stuff, like the the stuff that he's been saying has got such a yeah a wide kind of um, yeah you know like does do you think he 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 sits at not not sits at home and scripts it because I I do feel it's very authentic, but do you? Th- feel like he gives this stuff a lot of thought or is that just generally the kind of person he is it's funny you say that because he he doesn't give it a lot of thought that's genuinely who he is as a human being it's funny because i feel like after the fact he thinks about it more right so when fox business news called him and they wanted to discuss the post-fight speech that he had given i think he was kind of torn right is one side not going to like me because i'm on this channel is other side like you know he was kind of torn. listen you got this offer coming from a place of love. So now, as long as you place of love, what is which is really how you feel, you're gonna be fine. The world speaks one common language, and that is love. And when Bobby does that, he marinates with everybody, and that's what I love about him. And when I said that to him, I could tell it kind of clicked. He's like, "You're right. I feel really good about this now. I think I was just nervous. You know, I just don't want any backlash." I said, "Bob, you're promoting love. There's no backlash in that. And anyone that has backlash towards that isn't worth the time to to stress over." So. You know, it's funny because I, I do think when he speaks, he speaks from the heart and he speaks off the cusp. And I think sometimes afterwards when he sees the reaction or that, that you know, the ripple effect that it had, then he kind of starts thinking like, oh, wow, like this is really making an impact. Uh, my words that I'm saying after after these fights. And it is. It's 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 unbelievable. Like, and, and, and the, 
the thing that I really like about Bobby is that he's made so much noise right now and none of it has come from talking trash right like we're, yeah. <laughs> we're in this we're in this era now like where I just find like and and you know people always talk about selling the fight and 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 so forth and you know I mean McGregor was the first one to do it and then you just see all these people start to pop up and and I get it because obviously if you can sell a fight, it makes you more money and stuff like that. But like, I just love the way he's gone about it. Like he's just, you know what I yeah. mean? He's making noise for, he's not selling the fight, he's selling himself. And that, and I think that yep. speaks volumes, right? Like he, like I, I couldn't, I couldn't care who he fights next. I'm tuning in, right? It's, it's not about the fight. Yeah. It's about him now. Like, and, and I have yep. to say, I, I, I love that about him. I really do. I, I, I think it's it's unbelievable. I, I think and even when, when you say about the, you know, spreading love, it's it's like, you know, because before the trash talking era, I always said the one thing I loved about mixed martial arts was the respect factor. Right? I I, I always said like, you know, yeah. gen- generally speaking, two people will fight at the end, you know, like what we saw even with Uriah and Anderson Silva, they'll bow down and it was such a, a mm-hmm. such a sport of respect, and that and that's I, I guess going back to when I originally got caught in this sport, it was that was what caught me was just like wow, how can these guys beat each other, you know, to a pulp, and then at the end like hug it out and and be respectful yeah. and, and and do that, and that's what really caught me. Um, and then as I said, the 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 tides kind of changed, right? Um, and I I say it was the McGregor effect. He was the first one that really yep. came out and 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 did it. And look, don't get me wrong. Like I always say, when McGregor first came out, I enjoyed it too, right? Um, but I saw the yeah. I saw the humor in it all. Um, where I say now he's he's kind of crossed a few boundaries where I go okay well now now it's not funny anymore now he's taking it too far yeah. but um I I also respected that as well but look with Bobby Green I I have to say like man he he's one in a million right now he's he's just and I, I yes. and I, and he's that breath of fresh air that I think we all really needed and especially in the yeah. these times that we've had you know with with the Black Lives Matter movement and you know the the stuff that's going on around the world and stuff like that, and and he's just yeah, I, I can't speak highly enough of the dude, and and I love tuning in, I love even seeing his Instagram stories and stuff <laughs> like that. He he he's a real good one to have. He he he's as they would yes. say, he he's one of the real ones. Yes, he is. He is. <laughs> I, I always tell Bob, I said he asked me like, oh, what do you think of this and that? I said, Bob, just be you. When you're you. People are going to love you. Whatever it is in this world you have. When you smile and you do your thing, people just, they love it because it's authentic. And I said, man, just, just don't ever change for me. I love you to death. I've enjoyed every part. You're just, you just have, he just has, I've always, I've always told him that for years. I'm like, man, when you get on a mic and you get on a camera, you speak from the heart, like you can feel it. You can feel, you can feel it in his words. You're like, man, he's, he's passionate. You know, he's really believing and really is behind what he's saying. Yeah, and and I've always said honesty is the best policy, right? Like pe- people can disagree yep, with yep. you, but they can't be mad at you. You know what I mean? So if he's ever worried about like uh, are people going to yep. judge him, like I I always say, look, they can disagree, but they can't they can't be mad if you're being honest, right? Like it's just the best way to go. But listen, so we we originally I I, I guess we met in 2015. Uh, I think I, I, I think it was uh, 
the summer it was summer and obviously because that's the only time i go to vegas yeah. um you know and uh <laughs> you know uh, i was fortunate enough to be led into where you know two of your guys camps i mean they they, they came from the same camp at the time um but you know, you, you obviously uh, opened the doors for us to come in and and say hello and and document obviously fight week and everything like that. Um, I'm obviously talking about uh, Russell uh, Dolan and also Lewis Smoker. Um, yep. I, I guess we'll start with Russell. Um, obviously, um, you know what what has he been up to? I, I know that I guess he's you know still keeping fit i mean i i see i mean he's he's now coaching as well i guess he, he's coaching he's keeping fit yeah. but like i haven't seen him i haven't seen him you know announce any sort of fights is he is he still currently active in on your roster or is he is he looking for fights or what's going on with him yes yes so basically he had a real bad injury i mean some numbing sensation in, in, you know all the way down to the, to the fingers and it's let it let it heal a little bit and now he's back healthy. Uh, he won a fight in Hawaii about a year ago. And, you know, we're looking to kind of get him back in there. But I think you just said it takes some time. You know, you're on that grind for six, seven, eight, nine years like that. Your body needs some time to kind of heal up. He's spending a lot of time with his son who, who he loves and who's adorable. So, uh, yeah, we're looking to get him back in the swing of things here shortly. And and when you say you know give him some time, like how what what kind of time frame are you looking at? I, and I only say like uh, I, I totally agree. You you've got to let your body rest and heal. But I also know how short yeah an athlete's lifespan is, especially when it comes to combat sports, right? So you know, yeah. are, are we looking at potentially seeing him back in there twenty twenty one, or are we are we yes yes? So ha- yeah. has there been some serious conversations about that? We're talking with Russ right now, and I, th- I think something will happen. You know, first first quarter of twenty twenty one, I think we'll we'll get him back in the cage. Perfect. And also, I mean, be- before we jump over to Lewis, um, have, do you, do you speak a lot to obviously um, uh, Russell's head coach? I would say uh, Charles. Do you, do you still keep in contact with him? Because yes. Yes. I also see he he's actually during this pandemic right now. He's been really active at vocalizing, obviously. Um, all the closures, right? Um, which, mm-hmm. I, you know, that's been a problem globally. But uh, I, I see he's he's really. How bad is it uh, in in Hawaiian stuff? Like, because I mean, the way the way he's coming across is like he he's seriously very close to to losing the gym uh, by the looks of it. You know, um, do you know what the current situation is over there? Or so I, I'll preface it, but like I obviously have been. I'm only speaking to a lot of my clients and good friends like Charles, who obviously my connections are really through the gym industry, correct? You know, I mean, just from the gyms, fighters, and uh, they're, you know, it's really bad. You know, you, well, you see some of Charles' posts where like the University of Hawaii is allowed to have their team still do just in the same gym, but yet, you know, local, you know, public aren't allowed to. It's, it's really doesn't make sense, right? It doesn't add up. And there's some, you know, there's definitely some controversy going on over there in, in Hawaii right now. And, you know, I really been praying that they will be able to open up soon because one, a lot of that, a lot of the business in that, in that state is, is tourism, you know, and two, just because, you know, I've seen how hard Charles has worked to, to build this gym, to build a family that he has in that gym and to not be able to, you know, open his doors and make a living and provide a healthy atmosphere for 
you know, residents of that state to get, you know, solid workouts in. It's definitely frustrating. Which is, which is bizarre because to be honest with you, when, when you say all of that stuff, I'm thinking Australia, right? Uh, I mean, look, granted, we, we've been able to keep the, uh, the, the cases down low. We're up, I think, day 10 or 11 with zero cases nationally. Wow. Um, but, you know, like we're the same. We're, we're businesses are right now getting crushed. Um, and, you know, on, 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 on the point of it doesn't make sense, we have, for instance, we, we had a gym wanting to have a fight night and they were even talking about let's, let's just do it as a stream base. We won't even have a live crowd, anything mm-hmm. like that. And the commission were like, no. Yet right now for the last uh, two months, they've allowed uh, crowds back into football games. So our, our football games have got like uh, started off at like 18,000. Um, I think the last sort of state of origin probably got closer to 30,000 people. So you can have 30,000 people, you know, drinking beer, enjoying the football, um, yet you can't even have a fight night with no crowd. Um, they, they totally shut the idea of that down, which which – once again, to us, it makes no no sense, right? Um, but it kind of, what do you do? What do you do? Yeah, yeah. I think that's the most frustrating part with the pandemic is that a lot of this stuff doesn't add up, right? You can have 200 people in a grocery store, but you can't have 200 people in a gym. Or you can, you know, some of the stuff just doesn't really make sense to us. You know, we see the crowds at like the Walmarts of the world and Targets and some of these big chain stores, but then, you know, the private businesses aren't allowed to operate. It just it brings a lot of frustration among the public. And that was crazy. I did just cop a couple of dropouts. I will just let you know on on the last uh, on the last bit okay. of, of of that, but um. Look, we'll okay. we'll move on. the 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 other The other fighter, obviously, on that on that journey that 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 I met um, was obviously Smoker. Um, he's obviously moved mm-hmm. on from Hawaii now. Um, it was kind of made public, you know. He 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 was close to, I guess, throwing in the towel. Um, you know, mm-hmm. I mean, how how close in your eyes? How close was he to actually throwing in the towel? Like, what was that a serious thing? Yes, I, I definitely feel that uh, we were at a crossroads at that point in his career. I felt as if, you know, we had lost four straight UFC fights, you know, and many people forget we'd gone from winning the main event in November of 2015 or October of 2015 in Ireland to December of, of 2017, 2000, no, yeah, 2017. So we were cut January of 2018 and man, that that's, it was really, we were at a crossroads and, uh, you know, he was having some issues with alcoholism. And so we knew that we had to kind of get him off the island, get him a fresh start and, you know, get him, get him to, you know, California and get, get him in a situation to kind of just get his bearings back. Right. Let's get back to training. Let's figure out what the next step is. And let, let's, let's really think this through, you know, what the next step's going to be for you. And, and with the alcohol, was, was it a case of say the, as you say, he just had four losses or was he was he around the wrong people is that why you kind of tried to take him off the island like do you, do you, do you know what led to that i think it was a combination of things i mean I, I definitely think he has great people in hawaii as well i think some of the losses were adding up and i think some of his just lifestyle habits were kind of getting the better of him i really didn't know 
what we were getting ourselves into till he started living with me. And then, you know, one night, or actually it was every night, he was drinking like 18 beers. He was, he was basically downing an 18 pack functioning. He'd come downstairs, talk. He was totally fine. Like we couldn't even tell that he had drunk an 18 pack. And that's when I realized that we, he'd actually, you know, had this behavior one night before he had, a, it was like Saturday morning with Oyama's classes. You do like a, it's like two or three mile run sprints and you go spar. And on Friday night he was drinking like this. And I'm like, dude, what are you doing? Like, you got to go to practice tomorrow. Like we got to stop this. And I just remember the next morning, you know, he got up and he was kind of, you know, all tired and stuff. And I'd say, Lewis, there's 13 beers in my cupboard right now. If one of those goes missing, or if I see another beer in this house, like we're done. Like I've already spoke to your wife, Yumi, she's on board. Everyone's on board. Like, this is it, man. Like we need to stop this. We need to put an end to this. Enough's enough. You know, you, you drink to celebrate. You have no reason to celebrate. You just lost four straight UFC fights. You just got cut by the UFC. There's nothing to be ex excited about right now in our lives. Like we're at a crossroads. We really need to make some changes. And um, to his credit, I mean, we, we definitely fought tooth and nail at each other in that house. But he stopped drinking that day and he, he hasn't touched alcohol since. So even to the point you, you just said, you know, you drink to celebrate. Um, even during celebrations now, he, he, he's totally clean and sober? Totally clean and sober. So I, I guess yeah. what's what, what's his case of, and and only because uh, I mean two points on that like uh, and I totally know what you when what you're saying about you know when people drink so much and you don't even notice that they're drinking because I I had a friend like that throughout yeah. uh, throughout high school right like and he would turn up to a party with with a with a case so twenty four pack and uh, you know a lot of people would be like oh he brought beers for the party and he'd be like no 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 that's for me right like. <laughs> And I'll be there with my six. <laughs> I'll be there with my six pack. But the funny thing is, I'll be more drunk of that six pack than he was of the twenty four. It does. It doesn't make sense, right? Like I'm like, damn. How do like yeah, you know? And it yeah. gets to a point like, well, I guess you're driving, right? No, I, I, like you just don't know. Yeah. Um. And the other thing with the with the like, so when when he does have moments of celebration now, how how does that look? Because I know I, I've got another friend that obviously is a recovering alcoholic and he's the same he won't touch the stuff but i know for the first few years like every time like even you know if there was a birthday party or something like that he would say look i really want to be there but just know that i just can't and it's not that i don't want to it it's just obviously he's facing his demons right and he had to really like mm -hmm. i guess cut himself off from from these social things and stuff like that so what what what's his kind of like you know, lifestyle like now, like if there are moments of celebration and I'm not even talking about fight celebrations, I'm talking about, you know, birthday parties or whatever. Is he the type to do the same where he just locks himself in his room and he, and he's done or has he got enough self-control to, I guess, attend these things and, and have fun in other ways? I mean, I, I really respect the self-control that he does have because he does still attend these events. I remember when we won that, his first UFC back fight back in China, uh, you know, I think, we just ate, we ate like fat kids, right? We ate, you know, cakes and sugars and candies and everything. And, and that was a joke, right? Like it's a running joke between me and my wife now, because when he cut alcohol out, he was buying like tubs of ice cream and he'd buy like a whole like a twin, the Twix and the ice cream and he's making 10,000 calorie meals. And I, and I threw away the Twix and he, one morning he woke up and he was like, dude, who throws away Twix? Like, come on. Like, and I'm like, Lewis, like you, when you win fights, you can eat like this. But right now, we got to make 125. We got to make weight. 
we got to show that we were making some serious changes in our lives and we got to go out there and put people away. We got to show them that we're the real deal. And to his credit, he did, but it's always a joke, you know, who throws <laughs> See, and, and, and you really can't be mad because if, if there's one thing I know about you is that you like to look after your fighters and, and, and one of the things that you normally do is uh, obviously once once they've made weight, once they've had their fight, I know that you used to turn up with tubs of Ben and Jerry's. So I kind of feel like, you know, yes, you, you, yes. You, you started the trend. He probably took it to the next level, but you can't even be mad because you kind of started that trend. Um how was Colin about the whole whole situation? Because I know sometimes, you know, um, you know, I know obviously Colin's a good guy and everything, but like I also know that you know when when you're faced with something like that, it's 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 kind of like, was he open arms about it, or or was there hes- hesitation? I guess like how 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 did that conversation go? Like, because um, it, it, it's a tough one, man. Like when when you're running a successful yeah. team, right? Like. Which Timo Yammer is like, you know, he, yeah. he he's got a lot of successes. Um, you know, you you can sometimes go listen. I, you know, I like I see what you're trying to do. I like the kid in person, but like it it just doesn't gel yeah. with what my team is doing right now. How was Colin when you approached him? You know, Colin is someone where if you, if you ask a lot of people, he really has this hard exterior and. Uh, He'll get mad that I'm telling you this, <laughs> but the truth of the matter is he's a softy at heart. That, that really is Colin. Colin has one of the biggest hearts I've ever seen. If it wasn't for Colin and Jeeva, I, I would have no place in this business. You know, Colin was the one, I call him my fight daddy. He took me in under his wing. He always looked after me. He always protected me. And at the time when I was 24 out of law school, I probably had nothing to offer Colin, right? I'm just a kid. And he's like, hey, come here. Let, you know, I'm going to show you how to manage these guys. He really did a lot. So when I came, I really didn't know what to expect, to be honest. I wasn't sure if he was going to say, hey, man, we've got a real good nucleus right now. I don't want to mess, mess this up. Or if he's going to say, hey, bring him on in. He's like, man, bring him on in. Let's get to work. Let's get him back on track. I see so much potential in this young man. I've always loved Lewis. You know, let's, let's get this ball rolling. And he did. He showed Lewis a ton of tough love. He rode Lewis every day. He was on Lewis. And, uh, you know, to, I mean, the reason why we had three wins in 10 months leading into getting back into the UFC was because of Colin. Colin wouldn't let him out of his sight, kept him in the gym. You win on Saturday, get your butt back in there on Monday, back to work, back to winning. Let's go. And, um, you know, Colin went out to, was that all his fights, you know, and some of these fights were very low level regional show events, you know, just to get Lewis back on his feet. And Colin was there every step of the way. I'm forever grateful to have that moment, China, we win this for stage. It's me, Colin, and Louis. Like uh, emotional, just thinking about it. So, uh, I feel like sometimes uh, Colin doesn't have, get enough credit for what he did at that moment. He really, he really didn't get enough credit for uh, taking Lewis and getting him back on track. You know, he really did a solid for us. And uh, you know, even now, like he, he still rides Lewis. He texts. You have a group chat, Lewis. Where are you running late? Where are you at? He's always on Lewis, and uh, I kind of look at Lewis as like his son a little bit. You know what I mean? He, he always had a special place. Uh, for Lewis and his heart, and and the rest of the team was recept- receptive too. And and was there ever a moment that when when you say they were riding Lewis, what, what do you think there was ever a moment where I guess it was getting too tough for for Lewis, or was he you know head down? Let's let's do this. Um, I'll be honest. Lewis would come home some days, and he'd be like, "Dude, I'm so sore. Like I, I literally can barely move." He was he was. Days where he was hurting, 
but he never once complained. He never once did anything. And the team was great. You know, Cheeto, Alex Perez, all the guys at that gym, Christian Aguilera, they rode Lewis too. Hey man, come on, let's go. Like, you know, I, I think uh, when you have a good culture like that at a gym, you, you, everyone rises, right? Everyone's uplifted. Everyone's on every, and uh, that's one thing I've always known about Collins gym. You know, they, everyone's going to get better. I think a lot for, for Lewis and friends, right? He, he made good relationships with these guys to hang out, go, you know, he's home sick from his family. You know, it was good to have that broader to, to get him back on track. Yeah. I mean, Colin, Colin, I mean, uh, as I mentioned to you, um, you know, I, I met you in 2015. I think I met Colin the year before or, or mate, potentially even the year before that. Yeah. I don't even know when that was, but when uh, he came across to Australia for uh, Ian McCall uh, when the UFC had the, mm-hmm. uh, the the flyweight tournament and same thing, he, he was real open to the idea of letting us in. Like he didn't know who we are. We're just a couple of Aussies, right? And he was like, no, look, you know, yeah. you, you guys can come on in and – and you know it was a real eye opener for us too, and 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 I appreciate the fact. I mean, I I, I had some really good times um, in that in that fight week uh, with with the whole team. I mean, uh, Romy was there too, and and you know it was it, it, it was fun times. Um, yeah. But yeah, I, I I guess you know where 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 do you stick? I mean, as as I said in the intro, like you're you're first and foremost you're an agent, right? Um, mm-hmm. obviously at the beginning when I first met you, you, you had a smaller roster, your roster's grown, you know, double tenfold. I don't, I don't even know what, what the number is these days, but, uh, in cases like that, why, why don't you just not say too, too hard pile, but like, why, why, why don't, what is it, what is it that, you know? goes look I, I i got it and I'm, I'm talking about relocating this whole fighter right but like what 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 is it because i mean i could mm-hmm. understand if he was your one and only client you're like i need this dude right but um <laughs> you know when, when when you've got 100 i don't know closer maybe to 200 fighters under your belt you know i mean business is business i guess as, as well and as they always say in business everyone's bar number and 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 everyone's replaceable like why do you why do you take this time with these fighters um, rather than just as I say go look at the moment you're you're too much I've got to concentrate on on mm-hmm. you know the people that are doing the right thing the people that are you know um, as I yeah. say like why what what is it about you know as, as I said like helping helping these guys out more so I guess more so like a counselor rather than an agent, if that makes sense, or or even I I guess more so as a friend, family member, or or whatever you want to call it. But it's definitely it goes, I guess, beyond the title of just being the agent. Yeah, you know, I think the the first answer is really that Lewis is family to me. These all these clients are family to me. I, I love them to death, and I'm going to be with them through thick and thin. And I said that to them when they signed with me and I meant it. The second part is I really attribute a lot of that to my parents. You know, my parents growing up, we had 25 foster children. If there was an open bunk bed and an open spot on the couch. We, we would bring someone less fortunate in who, to stay out and give them an opportunity. I'm not saying that our clients, but I'm just saying I just come from a, a background of serving and giving. I believe that. I think that's why 
purpose Hang or on, to serve I'm, I'm and to just, give to others. I'm just going to stop you there. I, I seem to be getting yeah. dropouts from you again. So I drop out now. Yeah. Okay. I, I, I don't know what it is like. Um, and it was so obviously I just I just got through to that you 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 know you get a lot of this from your parents um, and that you had uh, I think you said twenty five. You want me to run it all back? Yeah, I I, I, I kind of lost you at the I, I yeah. think the twenty five uh, I think you said twenty five foster children and and so forth. But um yeah I, I just lost you there for a quick second. Yeah. Okay. Hold on. Let me. There there, I mean, we we knew yeah. this was going to okay. happen, right? I mean, like, uh, you know, when, yeah. When, yeah. when 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 you try to call call from the dark side, as as you like to call it, um, <laughs> you know, I'm I'm sure there's someone on the other side trying to play a few Jedi mind tricks, but uh, yeah, yeah. But, uh, I, I I got you back now. I, I, I was just, as I said, I okay. lost you there for a, for a, a quick moment. Yes. So what I was saying is that uh, you know, first and foremost, I just believe Lewis's family to me, and I'm going to stick by my family to the end. And second part is, you know, I really get, trace a lot of this back to my, my parents, you know, growing up, uh, we raised 25 foster children. Uh, you know, if we had an extra bed and we always w- welcomed, our, you know, a child into our home. And it really just taught me the purpose of like, you know, of serving and giving. And that's really what we're here on earth for. I, I truly believe that. And, you know, my job is to serve and to give as, as much as possible to, to my athletes, to my clients. And, when it is, you know, for Lewis to be going through this, you know, battling this demon and for me just to walk away, I just feel that's not family, you know, and, and he's, he means so much to me and they all do. All my clients mean so much to me. And I think if you're really going to be a part of their journey, you got to, you got to go through the trenches with them. If you really want to, to, you know, earn their trust and, and assure them that you have their back. And I love Lewis, you know, Lewis has spent Christmas and holidays at my house now I've spent holidays at his house. I mean, in Hawaii. I mean, we're we're family through and through, and and I, I love him to death. No, and I can totally see that. I mean, um, I tuned into a podcast that or or an interview that you did that you posted this week, and uh, one one of the things that stuck to me was a quote that you said, which was, um, "People don't care how much you know." Uh, until they know how much you care and like once again like I it's the first time I'd ever heard that and it really struck a chord to me but let me ask you this is there is there a breaking point though like you you say you know you would never give up on Lewis or any of your athletes but is there a breaking point like just say you know that day um, you said if one of these 13 beers are missing say the next day you wake up and there were 10 left would you stuck by him or, or, or is there a point that you go, okay, you know, I'm, I'm trying to help you. Uh, but as they sometimes say, yeah, you know, you can't help someone who doesn't want to be helped. I think, you know, had there been one beer missing and, and I would have been forced to go to that next step, as much as it doesn't seem like it, I feel like I am helping him because I'm setting healthy boundaries in our relationship. I'm setting healthy boundaries, healthy boundaries in his relationship with his family, as tough as that is. I mean, I was praying to God that 13 beers me wrong. You know, like I'm, but it, you know, it, what he made, you know, we, from, when lost, it was to be love, I've, I've lost friendship. You, I've lost you again. Again? I've, yeah, I've lost you again. Okay. Um, sure. Better? It is good now. Okay. So what I was saying is in any relationship in life, whether it be love, business, friendship, um, you know, you can't ask for perfection from 
one. You need effort. And as long as they're giving that effort, you're going to stand by them. You know, if he, if he had had a relapse or he had made a mistake, it's okay. I'm okay with that. But you're giving your best effort. You're putting your best foot forward to the deer. Never ask for someone is, is, is a max effort. You know, life's tough. I, I get it. There's going to be a lot of adversity. That's, that's when I work with guys, I start working with my team all the time. Hey, listen, I'm not going to promise you a, a smooth ride. I can only promise you adversity. That's what's going to happen. But what I can promise you also is that I'm going to have your back through all of it. You know, that, that time that Russell, um, Russell lost in, 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 in Florida, it was like February of 2018. I think I went one and nine that month in the UFC. And I was a, a mess. My, my poor wife, she probably wanted to kick me out of the house. And she know that week and it said hey don't forget success looks like this and she drew this line that kind of went up and down up and down and kind of like pivoted up and i truly believe that it's not a straight line there's there's going to be high, you know highs and lows peaks and valleys and i've actually laminated that note she's you know i keep it with me because sometimes people forget that this ride it's it's never a straight line no one ever goes like this the whole way it's not going to happen so you know I've, i i stick by my my clients my my family you know as long as their efforts in, my efforts in. And has speaking of your wife, has she always been totally supportive, or ha- have there been moments where she's, you know, kind of said enough's enough? Because, you know, when you're <laughs> when you're invested into these guys, that's one thing. Um, but I guess, you know, I, I mean, I guess, you know, six degrees of separation. In somewhat, she's invested into it too. Yeah. Like I, I totally get it because yeah. you know you're a family. This is this is the business and and so forth. But when you say bring in alcoholics to your house, because as you say, you do open your house to these guys and, and, and things like that. Are, are there moments that, you know, she's kind of said, Hey, listen, I appreciate what you're doing, but let's book him a hotel. Or <laughs> let's book him a hotel or something because like, I, I, I'm just not really enjoying it right now. You know, uh, I think one of the best things I ever did, and I'm not going to say like, I did this intentionally, uh, this is really just was that when I started dating my wife, Cheeto Vera was living with me. And so house. So I would tell her like, Hey, do you mind if I bring my client on this date as a third will and stay with it? And so like to start our relationship, you know, you got thrown into the fire hang real on, quick, hang on. Say, right? Like I'm, she I'm had totally you. losing you again. I just heard that you, you took him she for a third okay. wheel. You, you took him for a third wheel. Yeah, I'll backtrack. So when I started dating her, Cheeto was living with me. He had moved from Ecuador to the States. Okay. And I would say, hey, I don't want I don't want to leave him behind. That's messed up. He speaks English. He's left up and do you mind if I Spanish? So a lot of our first dates, Cheeto was there. So from the very first sighting, this this fight game has been a part of, of our relationship. And um, that times with Lewis was extremely tough. Uh, for her and for me, and that's that's probably the most we ever fought because at times she thought I was burnt on him, and I would tell her like, "Babe, I have to be. I, I have no other choice. This this is what's needed for for me to help him." So um, you know, I'm just really thankful that she's been with me at every step of the way. I mean, you know, I think I always tell the story, and she gets mad when I tell it. But you know, three weeks before we got married, not that. I mean, but if there ever was a sign, you know, one of our clients, Frank Camacho, got, got knocked out at a UFC fight and she was balling. It was a mess. I mean, I literally had to, we had to like leave the arena. It was so bad, like mascara everywhere, tears everywhere. 
And uh, at that moment, I knew that she was the one for sure because it should mean that much to you. If you if you if it doesn't mean that much, you shouldn't do it. I feel like, you know, I I always say that like when when you're in this business, it, it should hurt that bad. The high should feel that high, and the low should feel that low. And when it doesn't, you need to walk away. And so I'm lucky that my life partner, I mean, she ride every low. You know, when Lewis wins, she's going. When Lewis loses, she's a bloody mess. And I, I wouldn't have it any other way. Saturdays in our houses are roller coasters, and uh, we we love it. I, I wouldn't trade it for the world. So is she theoretically now part of the business also? Like when 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 you say she rides these highs and lows, like how? I mean, I I know that last trip you did to Fight Island. I think she she came along with you and stuff. Like, um, is she there as as a support structure, or have you actually brought her into the business? Like, is she like? Well, I guess what I'm asking is, is she more than just emotionally invested? Yes, she she is definitely a part of the business. In fact, like a few of my clients always joke around or Luigi Benjamini, they'll make they'll make jokes like, "Hey, you know, Elisa," uh, and it's like a running joke, you know, that their manager and stuff. So, you know, she, you know, I don't know what it is. I've totally lost you again. The contender series. I've broke to- out. I've totally lost yeah. you again. So apparent, Shoot, apparently, apparently, for a second there. Apparent, apparently, there's an. I'll in, run it back. There, there's an inside joke. Yes, there's an inside joke. I mean, that some of my clients say that no, Elise is my manager, not Jason. Like Luigi Vendramini, Yusuf Zalal, they'll joke with her like that. Elise is my manager. She's the one that talks to Sean and gets me fights. Or Elise should go talk to Sean. She'll do better than you can. So it's it's like that we have at the agency, and you know she she plays an active role. Like even tonight, she's you know bringing dinners of fighters that are on quarantine before their contender series fights tomorrow. She's always finding ways to constantly help them in any way, shape or form. So contender series tomorrow, you, you, you've got a few fighters who, who are we looking out for? Hello. Hello. Damn. Dennis. Let's see if we can get him back. You back? Yep, you're Would back. You good now? Uh, yeah, okay, perfect. Yep. So uh, uh, tomorrow was... night on Contender Series, uh, we got uh, Natan Lev, who 24 hours notice. He's fighting a fight at a catch weight of 160. He's undefeated. Uh, one of the top prospects that we have is that short notice like this and answer the, answer the bell. Um, we have Nicholas Mata, who, who is a CFF champion. He's also at 155. He's a hammer taking on Joe Lowry. And then we have um, Danny Sabatello, another monster uh, out of uh, ATT Florida. Uh, he's a Titan FC Bantamweight champion. And, he, you know, he's fighting uh, Taylor Moore tomorrow. So matchups that we're really excited about. So you're, you're seriously invested in pretty much half the fights in the contender series. Like, is that a normal thing for you now? Like, or... Because I mean, you usually there's what about six fights on on one of these contender series, right? So and and you've just rattled off three of them. So yes, is, yes. Is is that a normal thing for you to have? You know, that that amount of prospects coming up. Uh, you know, the, it's been a a real blessing. Of this contender series has really been a calling card to our agency and just developing prospects that like, like we do. 
So I believe this year we're close to 30 athletes on the contender series. So if there's 10 shows, five fights a show, that's 50 fights. You got to think almost, almost half are, are involving our clients. It's, it's been a, it's been a real blessing. And I think this year we've secured 10 contracts already. So it's been a real good season for us. And we're really excited for, for all the athletes. And how do you find the contender series compared to like the old format, I guess, but it's not old because they, they've announced that they're going to continue to do it, which was obviously the ultimate fighter house. Are you, are you a, a fan of the ultimate fighter house? Um, and B, you know, which do you prefer? Do you prefer the, the, the format of the contender series or I guess the, the, the tough series? And tough will always hold a special place in my heart. Growing up, waiting for Tough to be on Spike TV, you know, all through college and law school, watching Tough. So I, I always will love Tough in the, in the setting that it provides and the area of living in a house and being with your family for 8 to 12 weeks. Um, you know, with that said, the Contender Series is also awesome, right? Also awesome in its own right because you know that night it's like someone's going to get a contract tonight, right? It's almost like, you know, one of these reality shows like, oh, who's going to be the winner tonight? Like, you know for sure that it's going to happen. It's a lot of anxiety in that, you know, when we could attend those events, you're like, man, it's about to go. You know? So both both shows are great in their own right. Uh, both are awesome. Uh, Contender Series is great because you really get to see, like, the young prospects fight each other, right? You get to see the two top guys go at it, and you're going to find out who gets the contract. Uh, Tough's great because you really get to humanize the client, the athlete, to understand them a little bit better during that time period. You know, they they both offer they're both great avenues. I've had clients say that, hey, Jason, should I apply for Tough? Should I try being contenders? I'm like, bro, both routes are great. Both are going to end up on TV. Both are going to get your shot at the UFC. Uh, I think it and it's different formats, and I think it provides different opportunities for fans to to watch some content. And sometimes you can end up from one to the other because I know in the past um, Dana's like, look, you don't get the contract, but we are going to put you into the tough series now. So you never know you 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 might get a uh, you might get the best of both worlds. But look, I I personally I I like the um, the contender series because it is as, as you say, like you know something's on the line every single night, um, and. You know, it's it's not about the drama. And the other thing that I really like about it is that these fighters are coming with their corners, right? So you know, this is yes. you know, because it's it's tough sometimes when you put you might not gel with these coaches. Then again, also these coaches because they've got like you know ten fighters under them until obviously the final weeks. You know, their their time's very limited. And I kind of like look to get the best out of these fighters and also the the weight cutting. You're not constantly weight cutting. You've got that one fight night. I to me, I, I'm a big fan of the Contender Series. I kind of feel like, for me, I know what you yeah. say about the soft spot because, obviously, you know, the first few series, that's that's what made the UFC, right? But uh, it has yep. got that soft spot, but I, I, I think the Contender Series is definitely the better format, in in, in my opinion. Um, let, let's move on to um, one of your, your other guys that uh, I, I guess we've, um, you know, really felt this year um and and that is obviously Walt Harris how's how's he doing um you know can can you talk a little bit about obviously his situation um do you do you, do you feel that the timing of that fight was 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 right 
um, obviously against Al- Alistair Overeem and I know at the time, you know, Alistair was very professional about it all and, and, and you know, he said mm-hmm. he said in all the interviews, look, I, I would do Walt injustice if I didn't give the best version of myself and, you know, it is what it is but I think a lot of people um, barracked and as I say, I kind of feel like Overeem was barracking for him, you know, like even though he was the guy fighting yeah. him but... Uh, you know, it, as I say, it's it, it, it's a tough situation, and and obviously, if it's you know not your place to speak on, I totally understand that as well. But like, how how is he doing? And and yeah, can you give us a little bit of an update? Yeah, uh, in regards to to taking you know the Overeem fight, you know. Um, we definitely uh, talked it over and, 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 you know, and still, this, and still to this day, I still feel it, it was the right decision to, to fight, you know, and I had always been Walt's biggest fan, you know, and, um, you know, we, we, there was a point where we were just, he was like, you know, and I would want me to do this. She'd want me to, to, to move forward, to keep fighting. I know she's watching me from up above. And, uh, I remember thinking like, okay, you know, like we got to start taking these steps forward. And, uh, you know, and honor her life in the way that we, that, you know, she would want to be honored. Uh, you know, she was always there at the events and, you know, she was always screaming for him and excited for him. And, you know, this whole situation is just, it's been the hardest thing I've ever had to deal with in, in my career and probably my life. Um, just because I love Walt and his wife so much. And, the, and there's so much I wish I could do for him that you can't, right? All you can do is be there for them. Even if it's just sitting next to them, holding them, giving them a hug. I mean, what can I say? There's nothing I can say that's going to make that situation any better at all. And uh, sometimes when you feel helpless like that, as a human being, it's, it's, it's so hard. It's, it's so hard because you want with Walt and Angela are some of the best people I've ever met, you know, and it's like, why, you know? And, uh, you know, he's been such a class act, and I admire him so much, him and his family how situation with such class and such grace and i just feel like you know he's 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 what every man should be and I, I just am so lucky to be a part of his life to be part of his and to see him you know keep moving forward and to maintain his positive attitude and to you know still be that, that loving caring he is it's it's amazing you know i i'm I always tell him, I said, Walt, like, you, you know, I admire you. I look up to you. you you're, you're one in a million. Uh, I love you to death and there's nothing I wouldn't do for him. And, you know, where, where, where is he at now? I guess emotionally, mentally, uh, physically, like, he, is, is there a chance we'll see him back again soon or do you, do you have like an update on him? You know, I think right now we're, we're just taking it one day at a time. You know, um, you know, we're looking forward to, we're going to be, um, working the desk, uh, for the Curtis blades fight in a couple of weeks on Thanksgiving weekend. So you'll start seeing him, you know, on the other side of the cage doing some work, which we're very excited about. Um, you know, I do think we'll probably make our return to, to Instagram, maybe, uh, first part of 2021. Um, you know, he's got a lot of good things in place. I think we're going to head to Denver to train with over and Curtis blades. and go out there and get some holidays and uh we will see him in early part 
I did lose you at the end again, but I think you said we'll see him at the early part of 2021 uh, is kind of what I made out. Um, So, yeah, so, look, since since you kind of um, started to now... um, you know, has has much changed? I, I guess even the way you do business, and I guess um, one of the things that stick out is, you know, uh, back in the day, I guess part of part of your role would be to actively go out there and look for sponsorships for a lot of these fighters as well. Um, mm-hmm. Then Reebok came along, <laughs> right? And I, I and I'm not saying that it totally squashed um, all sponsorship opportunities, but it obviously, you know, it changed the game so to speak um mm-hmm. you know what were, what was the what was the effect from from i guess your your kind of perspective on that do you think that the 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 re, uh, well no I, can't, I probably can't even ask you because i don't want to get you into trouble but do you think that the re, i mean no actually reebok are out the door anyway we're we're with venom now but uh do you, do you think the the Reebok deal was a, a a good move? Uh, like looking back now, um, I know at the beginning, you know, a lot of people were complaining about it. Um, you know, and there was a few mishaps with the uniforms. I guess at, at the beginning, whether it was fighters' names to obviously, you know, a few uh, wardrobe malfunctions. But um, you know, from my perspective, I I kind of see it as. Um, you know, fighters were saying they were getting more in sponsorship dollars to to have those things on their shorts. But I also kind of sometimes look back and I'm going, yeah, but you probably fought less too, if that makes sense. Because, I mean, I, I, mm-hmm. I think, you know, before the Reebok, we were still looking at maybe, you know, one UFC event a month, maybe, maybe two, where I kind of feel like now we're at a, we're at a weekly stage now, so I think the opportunity, I guess, is is to fight more often. So even though the the I guess the Reebok bracket pay is is a little less, it's more consistent in the sense of you you you're able mm-hmm. to to potentially get more fights throughout the year. But and then, and then on top of that, you can still get sponsorships, right? Like obviously, but I guess those sponsor dollars are a little lower. You know, I, I feel like it was a, a step in the right di- direction in the sense that it legitimizes the sport, right? Having a, a major brand sponsorship deal like that with the UFC, it definitely helped legitimize MMA and next step in, in our evolution. Um, in regards to the sponsorship market, you know, I felt like a lot of people were complaining. I, I always took the stance that, you know, these athletes are not hiring me to complain. They're hiring me to find solutions. And sometimes when, when business you know, models like this change, you got to, you got to pivot step, you got to segue into the next phase. And whether that be social media activations or more formal endorsements or public appearance, there's always ways to keep those relationship with those brands and find ways coming. You know, I'm very lucky with the team that we have here at the agency that we were able to kind of, you know, I guess what people thought were lemons and make it into lemonade and, and turn it into a profitable, uh, situation for us, you know? Um, you know, some of the malfunctions and stuff, those are growing pains. And, and you know, it definitely was frustrating at times. I'm not going to, you know, lie to you or be or bullshit you there. It definitely was frustrating, you know, some of the growing pains that when you're, because this is part of their, you know, equipment, right? This is part of their gear as they're, you know, but every side's learning and growing. Every side's making adjustments. And the equipment team at the UFC does not get enough credit for how amazing they are because, they'll literally bend over backwards for our athletes to make sure the shorts are perfect for them to make sure that everything is right to their, to their standards. And, uh, you know, I'm very grateful 
that the UFC hired this equipment staff to really oversee the whole venture that Reebok. <laughs> and do you do you think the move on to Venom is 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 a positive again? Like, um, I mean, only time will tell, I guess. But uh, for me, I, I kind of think like it, it would be considering that Venom, I guess, was was in this landscape um, before the fact. Where I kind of feel like this was the first kind of dance for Reebok in in the MMA space, right? Um, you know, Venom have been around for a while. Do you do do you think that's a good move? Um, obviously, to go across to Venom or is it just time will tell? My thought is going to be good because in an MMA for many, many years. So they make a very high quality short already. A lot of their equipment, their, their sparring gear is high quality. So I do feel like they kind of already have a great understanding of the athletes and what their needs are. So I'm very excited to see what they produce uh, for, for our athletes. I'm excited to see where it goes. Uh, but I definitely think you're right. Time's going to tell, right? Let's know where exactly how it goes but i have a great feeling about venom and where they're going to be heading with you now just a question did you um did you watch the fights last weekend yes yes anything stick out in particular i think glover to share is the man watching him i don't uh, you know come back and win fight the last couple of performances that he's had, uh, man, it's it's amazing. You know, well-deserved. I think Olofsky, uh, uh winning that fight, he's really had a great, you know, career. Many. I've lost you again. It's awesome as well. Two of the OGs of the sport. Are you there? Hello? Hello? You can hear me? I can hear you now. I don't know why it keeps doing okay. that. Like it goes so well for, for 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 a good minute, and then all of a sudden you break down. So basically, uh, yeah. I, I had you at um, Teixeira is the man. He's just had five wins in a row, and that's basically where I'd lost you. Yes, I think what Teixeira has done is amazing in the sport at his age, and I think Andre Olovsky also had a, a key in his career uh, last weekend. And I'm, you know, very happy for both because they're both, you know, uh, from the original members of the of the OG, and uh, uh, it's great to see them uh, still having success at, at this point in their career. And so, obviously, Dana came out afterwards and said that Teixeira did make a pretty good case now about having that next title shot. Um, but obviously, we got Izzy, and then we got yeah. what? What do you think should be happening right now? Like in 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 i guess the light heavyweight and i guess it even goes as far as to say in the heavyweight division because we've got the same thing there right like you've got um francis that has been off at the steep fight but now jones has moved up and he kind of feels like i should jump in like what what do you think should be happening there man i feel like uh there's some some great matchups to be made I, i'm real excited and you know, kudos to the matchmaker Mick Maynard because he's definitely made those d- divisions super exciting, and you know, definitely got us talking about what the next steps are. Um, light heavyweight wrestling, right? Because Izzy has been winning at middleweight. You can kind of make a case for him having the opportunity for that kind of super fight. Uh, where, um, forgive me if I pronounce his name wrong, Bl- Blockowicz, John. You know, he just won the belt. So you're kind of wondering, like, does he defend a couple times before he kind of does the super fight? type scenario or do you do Izzy and Blockowitz now 
you know, you said John Jones is on, is on the wings here. You know, maybe if Stipe isn't going to fight soon, maybe we do Nogano and, and Jones. And then the winner of that gets Stipe if Stipe's out, Stipe's out for a minute. Um, but, you know, either way, as a fan, I, I think it's amazing. I think UFC's done a great job of keeping those divisions, you know, going strong and a lot of excitement there. There's a lot. Of, Dual Five's got some really good prospects right now coming up in the game. And uh, it's, it's really exciting to see. See, it's interesting because uh, Robert Whittaker's also come out and said, I never said I didn't want to have that fight against Izzy. He just said the timing of it, like he just said he wants to have Christmas now with his family and then obviously go March. But he, yeah. he's come out quite verbally now and said, listen, I, I didn't say I didn't want that fight. I'll even go up to light heavyweight to, to fight Izzy again. So, you know, in, in, in my eyes right now, I would... In the perfect world, I, I would say I would like to see Francis get his his shot against Stipe. I think that yes. I think that Teixeira, considering the age and considering now the streak that he's on, I would like to see him get a shot against Jan. And I think Izzy should either yes. take the Robert Whitaker fight, or I mean, at the end of the day, what are we all like beating around the bush for? You go, you go Teixeira versus uh, Jan. You go Stipe versus DC, and you go Jones versus Izzy. That's the that's the fight that yeah. I mean. At the end of the day, we're dancing around that fight, right? Izzy's going up to Yarn. <laughs> well, it is. It's Izzy's going up to Yarn to get closer to Jones. You know, Jones has only just left it, and he also made that comment when Yarn won. Oh, should I go get my belt back? So you know that Jones could potentially go back to light heavyweight. Like, it's like why are we dancing for? Let let light heavyweight and and um. The, the heavyweights figure it out and and let's just do the super fight now why wait you know right <laughs> no you're right that's true that's a good point you definitely it's definitely a fight i want to see i'd love to see izzy and and jones go at it i think that's such a great matchup and 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 the only the only i guess dispute you'll have on that is that they'll want to put a title to it whether it's at light heavyweight or heavyweight that you know and i and i guess izzy will say also that's well true. we don't want to do that fight until next year because we want live crowds but even on the live crowds thing i was thinking how cool would it be i just don't know if jones would agree to it but how cool would it be that they do that fight in auckland because in new zealand they they've got yeah. live crowds now right because New Zealand have got zero cases, yep. you could actually do a full... I just don't know if Jones would travel all the way to New Zealand, but you could actually do Izzy and Jones in front of a live audience yeah. in New Zealand, which means you would, be be flying, you would be flying back over this way because I'm sure you'll get a fighter on there somehow. Yes. Um, yeah. But, <laughs> but why not, right? Like, honestly, like, I, 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 I'm just yeah. sick of people jumping the queue and stuff like that. I... As I said, I think Francis deserves it. I think Teixeira deserves it. And I just want to see that super fight. Because the other thing that happens is what if yeah. Jones loses or what if Izzy loses? Like, I mean, there's always that possibility, right? So if they lose, then all yeah. of a sudden that super fight isn't as appealing as it is right now. Like, it's it's just that's the fight yeah, to make. Yeah, you kind of have to strike while the iron's hot. Yeah. Right? Um, speaking of which, when when are we going to see you at this side, of, this side of the ditch again? Hopefully soon. Hopefully, if New Zealand's having crowds, hopefully we go back there soon. You know, I, I love it out there. I hope we can get back. I've had a great time in Auckland, Sydney, Melbourne have always been great to me. I love to get to get back over there. It'd be amazing. Now, do you do you like do you make a point of it? Like, do you always travel with your fighters? Um, 
you know how how important is it for you to to make that journey because i mean it's it's as i said it's not a quick weekend away right like it's 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 a 24 hour flight 25 hour flight um, yeah. But how important is that to you? Is that is that something your fighters um, request of you, or is that just something that I guess you do on your accord? I mean, I, I, I go to every event. Um, I believe it's very important for me to be there, just to have all hands on decks and be able to serve our clients in any way, shape, or form. And uh, our clients, they don't request it, but they you know they always are you coming. You know, they they, they want you there, and I want to be there as well. And I've learned too. I feel like uh, fight week, everything happens in fight week. I think leave up before night. You know, when I was young, my dad used to tell me like he he would know when I was gonna have a good game or a bad game. And I used to think he was kind of full of it, but now I think he's one hundred percent right. Now I'm like, oh my, my dad wasn't BSing me. Like it's the truth. On fight week, you can really tell the energy someone has on that week, and I think you know the people he surrounds himself with can play an active role in that. So it's very important to me that I bring you know great energy to the team. That I'm ensuring everything goes smoothly, so that you know every you know everything is moving in the right direction, heading into him or her walking into that cage on Saturday night. I totally have to agree with that as well. Like the amount of times my parents told me something as a kid, and it doesn't matter what it is, right? And you always, as a kid, you always thought you knew best, right? And as you get older, yeah. you, you, as you get older, you're like. You know, and and I, I guess everyone goes through that, right? Parents want you to learn through their mistakes, but you got to go out and make those same mistakes anyway. What what happens though? Yep. Uh, just knowing how many fighters you you have, what what happens when you have um, two fighters competing against each other, and they're both yours? Uh, it's definitely a, a tough situation. It's uh, it's really hard for me because. Love our sometimes it's it's part of the business as they're ascending to the top and uh, ascending to certain division that they have to fight each other and I treat it as as business as usual you know we serve both clients all week long we're there for both of them I don't shy away from it you know I'm helping both parties and then you know Saturday night I, I have a good fight walk out with health and uh, you know I fight you know, congratulating the winner and consoling the, the I've, you know, I've, I think sometimes with uh, I was just losing you there for a minute again. I think you're back, but I was just losing you for a minute. Okay. okay. What I was saying is, is that I run just as usual on fight week for both athletes, being there for them, loving them, you know, attending all of their fight week activities, and then you know, on fight night, you know, I we congratulate the winner and. And the, the fighter that lost, we're there for them. We're consoling them. And one part about management is, is that, you know, you have to be rational while they're emotional. So even when they're emotional, when they win, you have to, you're, you're staying rational to plan the next step, right? Or discuss the next step. When they lose, they're very emotional and you got to stay rational, discuss what is the next step. Cause they're coming to you like, Hey Jay, what's next? What's next? I just won. Or, Hey, I lost. And either way you have to be very, you know, either and a lot of times on Friday night, after we do the weigh-in dinners, I'll uh, go to my room and I will sit down and, and kind of go over all the scenarios in my head and just kind of, I think this will be the, the next best move. And if this happens, then maybe this is the best move. And that way, when the time comes, it's a, it's a well-thought-out response to your athlete. You'll know, he or she will know how much you love and care about them because you're like, wow, he really put some thought and foresight into this. And for the fighters that are... 
riding on that high. Uh, Kenny's a, 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 a classic example. Um, and he's like, I want to fight next week. I want to fight next week. <laughs> um, is, is there ever a time that you kind of pull the brakes on, on those sort of conversations? Because like, I, I always wonder, like, I get it. Like, if you haven't taken much damage, but I also know when the adrenaline is running, a lot of that pain isn't there until maybe the next day or the day after, right? Um, and, you know, they always say that the hardest part of any battle is making weight and things like that. Like, are, are you a fan of the quick turnaround fights or or you you prefer to kind of pump the brakes a little bit? It's funny you say this because I feel like you will always end up uh, telling the truth. So a lot of times I go, oh, I want to turn around right quickly. And then the next day, like, bro, my foot swelled up. It's huge. Way I can fight in two weeks. Um, I, I, I got like Casey Kenny, like he's amazing. I love him to death. Like he literally wants to fight every week, and he all week long he's like a kid on Christmas. It's almost like he knew he's on the good moment on Saturday. Like that's really Casey Kenny right for you. <laughs> unbelievable, unbelievable. So I, I guess the last thing on that: what, what after the fight is it? Is it more important to you to to celebrate with the victor? Or to console the loser, or is it a case I by? I think ca- you always have a, to be there. Yeah, or is it a case by case kind of thing? I mean, I think every you have to treat every client as an individual, and each person has different emotions and different uh, habits that they want to do after each fight. Um, but I always try and be there for everyone, especially those that have lost, those that are looking for some consoling, and those that are looking for some answers in their career. Um, you know, I don't want to be, you know, I think. Sometimes there's some front runners in this business. You know, you always want to be with the winners, and and uh, that's not me. I, I want to always, you know, win or lose. I'm there for my guys after the fights. Growing up, Jerry Maguire. Yes. You 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 a fan of that film? Um, have you had oh, any, have you had any Jerry Maguire moments? Um, you know, <laughs> have you have you had any of your your athletes ask you for the Quan? <laughs> you know, uh, growing up, I loved that movie. I just, I just loved, you know, how he pivot stepped, right? It was, it was working for the big firm and he kind of went to the small boutique firm and he was always there for his guys. And it was really about the relationship to them. Him. That, that's what mattered most to him, like just the love and, and support. And I really did with that. That was important to me. And um, to be honest with you, if there's one clad, Jerry Maguire moments with it's with Bobby. Uh, you know, I've at a point hang on, hang I on. used to joke with Bobby. I'm like, Bobby, have you ever seen uh, Jeremy? Hang on, I've 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 lost you again. I've lost you again. I lost you at the small boutique and the uh, the relationship that he shared with. Uh... Oh, you're back. Fine. Yes. yes. Okay. Yeah, and so I, I always loved Jeremy Maguire because I felt like he lit he left the, the the big firm which you know nothing against big firms but he went to a, a small boutique firm right went on his own because he realized that it was just the personalized relationship like that's really what meant most and that's really what he got his his most you know joy from and i really related to that because ships in the sport are what drive me that's what i love the most about this business and uh you know it's funny because i you know me and bobby green have been through everything you know we have loved we have hugged we have fought we have yelled and scrubbed. We've been through it all. Like we, we, emotion, you can experience a relationship with Bobby. And I 
and tell him like, Bobby, you're, you're my Rod Tidwell. And he'd be so upset. He'd be so frustrated with me. And, uh, one night he watched the movie and he called me, he goes, gosh, dang it. And he's like, you're right, bro. This movie is like spot. And so ever since then he'll, he'll call me, you know, his ambassador of Quan. And we always have our little, little moments like, like help me help, <laughs> like help, me help you. And, uh, you know, I, I really cherish every moment. I, yeah, I, you know, that, key agency, and it's very early infancy stages. That that is actually one quote because we always talk about show me the money, but I I totally forgot about that one. That helped me help you, like <laughs> right, like that was classic, and and it was it was it was such a, a an awesome film. And you're right, it was about the relationship, and that's that's why I say I I, I do kind of relay a lot of the similar qualities what I see in you to to obviously the the memories I have of of Jerry Maguire sort of thing. Um, but speaking of that, uh, we will start to wind it down. Um, people always ask me, like, you know, what what's a good step to to kind of um, get into some of these bigger shows? You know, uh, whether it be Bellator, whether it be UFC, um, you know, whether it's One FC, I guess is, is is another one out there. And and you know, one one of the things I always ask is like, who have you got representing you? And a lot of them they don't. Um, you know, they, they, I don't, I don't know what it is. I don't, I don't know if it's, they just feel like that their talent's going to get them there instantly by themselves. I don't know if it's a, a, a money thing. I, I, I really don't know what it is, but a lot of the times when you ask these guys, they don't have any sort of representation. My question to you is like, how important is it to have in your eyes, um, you know, uh, not only a good agent, but I guess an agent that you kind of gel with. Because I mean, you could you could have a good agent, I guess, but you're you're I guess on different paths. I don't I don't know. But how how vital is that relationship? And and you know, from your perspective, is you know is is having a good agent? I guess uh, I won't say. Uh, uh, a gateway to get to these big leagues, but uh, I mean, it, surely it's got to help, right? I, I kind of break it down like this: like, as a fighter, you have specialists in every field, right? You have a jiu-jitsu coach, you have a wrestling coach, you have a striking coach, and then sometimes when it comes to the aspects, they think, "Look, well, I can do it on my own, or my coach can," and that's really a tough task, right? Because the coach has multiple tasks and running a gym, being a, you know, teaching classes, being a, a coach, traveling with his fighters. You as a fighter, you're you're training every day. You don't want a jack of all trades, master of none type situation. So you kind of need side. I think you need on the ensure that I your just, training isn't. I just going to waste. Hang on, you're taking the in your career. I totally lost you. Um, I totally, and I also feel you got. I've totally lost you. Um, I'm getting like every second word after jack of all trades. I had master of none, jack of all trades, and and once again the Jedi's are trying to interrupt this 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 conversation. No. And I've totally I don't know what's going okay. on now. I've totally lost you. Um, we'll see. We'll see. Got if, me. Uh, Am I here? Yes, you are. I got you now. Yep. Okay. So what I'm saying is, as you have specialists on the training side, I think it's very important that you have training 
on the business side. I feel like you should have someone that's fully committed to only managing, just like you have people that are fully committed to jujitsu, wrestling, and striking, et cetera. Um, I think that that'll really ensure that your training that you're spending all these hours on is not going to waste and that you're making steps forward in this career that, you know, to ensure that you get to the top and get where you want to go. Um, for me personally, I feel it's best to work with athletes at a very early stage in their career so that, that you develop that camaraderie and you kind of understand how they ebb and flow uh, during fight camp, during fight week. I think sometimes when you, you know, sometimes it, it, it happens, but I feel like, man, you, if you can avoid it, you wouldn't want your first fight week to be a UFC fight week, right? Kind of getting to know the person, everything's happening so fast. Ideally, if you could, you'd like to have a few rodeos with that person beforehand. And I think you look at a lot of the uh, successful fighters today, they've had the same coaches and management for a long time. I think that loyalty speaks. And I think that when you know someone, when, you, when your team really gels and moves together well, that that produces that good that we were talking about earlier, right? Where everyone's just having a good time and, you know, the performance on Saturday reflects. So for me, I, it's really about forming that early relationship with that athlete as soon as possible. And and for an athlete that is looking for representation, what's what's the, the best kind of method? You know, like, is it a, a matter of reaching out to multiple organizations and, 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 and finding the right pick? Or, or even in your case, like... Do you scout your athletes or, or do you still, I guess, get them, you know, reaching out to you or how, how does that whole, I guess, relationship form to begin with? I believe it's 50, 50. I think half is us recruiting, watching a lot of regional events and, and, and not just seeing how they perform inside the cage, but also uh, value outside the cage is important to us. And then also, um, sorry, I stopped at that you there yes i am you okay, pause, you pause for a second sure. and uh, you pause for a second yeah. and i thought once again oh. you dropped out but then you said S -s yeah. sorry i stopped for a second uh, but no no, no yeah. I, I got you at the okay. moment okay okay good so that i think um so it's like 50 50 and i think it's good for athletes to reach out to the agencies as well and and talk to multiple agencies and see what they like you know, um, we have a great culture at our agency, but I'd be lying to you if I said our culture is for everyone. It's not. You know, one of my favorite college football coaches, PJ Fleck at the University of Minnesota, always says that I'm not for everyone. But for those I'm for, I'm going to be damn good for you. And that's how I feel about our agency. When I was young, I would chase talent. And I learned that talent takes you places your character is not ready to go to sometimes. So if we really work, we really look to scout high character athletes. Uh, I'm most proud of the I represent just beings outside the cage. And and how important is that? Like, is it to some degree more important the 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 type of character that they are than say their their potential fighting talent? Like, how important is that? Like, if you were to say like, here's a fighter that approaches you, would you make it a 50-50 split inside to outside the cage, or or are you more the type like? I need 80, 20 to outside the cage to inside because the, the outside of the cage, that's that person and I can't develop that where obviously the skills inside the cage you can always, I guess, develop over time. Like what 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 kind of um, like... I think, I think character in my 80% of the battle and, and um, I'm not saying that talent to perform well in the cage, 
but I just feel like this sport's going to test you mentally. It's going to take you some highs. It's going to take you some lows. It's going to make you question yourself. It's really going to, man, it's going to put you to the pressure cooker. And you got to have some high character to get through this business and be successful at it. And you know this, you've been in the cage. If you, you go through a fight camp and you have those emotions, the highs, the lows, the self-doubt, the good moments, like, man, I feel great today as far as the low moments, like, man, I got the crap out of me. Like, you got to be a high character person to show up every day in a workman-like mentality, and to keep grinding, to not cheat your diet, to not cheat your sleep, to, to be, to, to give everything. You're, you know, how you do anything is how you do everything. And that's perfect for fighting, right? Because you have to get good sleep. You have to be good at nutrition. You have to be good with your time, right? You can, you have to nap when you can. You've experienced this. And I just feel like, man, you, you got to be mentally, you got to be a stud, be a mental stud to go through this. And uh, I believe the high character people of the world. I mean, look at, look at Cheeto Vera, okay? And this is a perfect example. Do I, I don't, Cheeto Vera is, is, is one of the better athletes. I don't. And I, and I say that as a compliment, complete compliment. I just think he does everything right in his life. Like he is such an inspiration. He does everything right. The way he eats, the way he sleeps, the way he thinks. He's constantly searching for, for, for ways to better himself. And now he's become a damn athlete, right? Now all of a sudden, you know, he's finishing people and showing he's gained some good size and he's kind of built himself into an athlete, right? And like the epitome of everything right every day for four or five years look what you get you know like that's alex perez fighting for a world title what, 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 what was you know? cheeto's last fight was that um O'Malley. <laughs> right <laughs> right <laughs> that, uh, that one was a crazy one and, and I mean, his stocks yeah. went up after that for sure. It did for sure, it did. like crazy. It did crazy. But now you you you're completely right. I think that mental roller coaster all through camp is just it's insane. It's something that the only yeah. it you know there's certain things in life, and this is one of them. I, I I say the only way no words can describe it. Like me and you can talk about this for the next hour, and people still won't get it until you actually go through it. Like the only way to understand what this roller coaster is, is to jump on and, and, and go for a ride and actually try it. Yes. And, it, and it's weird yes. because we call it a young man's sport, for instance, <laughs> but that's why I think people like Teixeira, going back to him, are having a lot of success right now, right? Is the fact that mm -hmm. I, I had a guest on a few, few weeks ago, uh, Glenn, and he took his first fight. He went through the Winter Warrior program at the age of 62. Had his first fight, right? That's awesome. That's awesome. At sixty-two, right? And he put on a showing. He 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 fought a guy that was forty, so twenty-two <laughs> years he's 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 younger, right? And um, we we're talking about. It. And the one thing is, it is a young man's sport because you need your you need your reflexes. You need that. You know, you need a lot of things that youth give you. But the one thing a lot of these older fighters have, and and I guess that's when when you look at as I say, your Teixeiras and stuff like that, is that they're so mind-strong because they've been battle-tested. As long as they still got that that chin on them, you know, like I find that they don't give up as easy when they're in a tight spot, you yeah. know, like you, you, you can, yeah. I mean, it's yeah. the same with the, um, the last one before that uh, against Anthony Smith, the same thing, you know, that first round, Anthony Smith mm -hmm. was putting it on him. 
right? And you're kind of like, oh, this is going to be a rough night for Teixeira, right? And how quickly did the tides change there? And, and I think that that's the crazy thing about the sport too is that, yes, you've got to be fit. You've got to be quick. You've got to have reaction. You've got to have this, but you've got to have it up here. And, and, and I think the only way people will ever understand that is to actually do it. Yeah, yeah. And I, I credit a lot of Cheeto's win to O'Malley to his mental toughness. He didn't, he didn't get into the hype. He didn't get caught into the stuff they were saying about him and all the garbage. You know, he's just so mentally tough. And now he is an athlete. Now he's built himself. Now, you know, I mean, he, he got some pop in his hands and he's strong as hell. And, you know, but I'm just saying when he first came off the show, you know, damn well, no one was thinking he was going to do what he did. And I think he's such an inspiration to so many people. I think he's like, a half million followers on Instagram now because I think people realize, dude, this guy's doing things right. He's a family man who works hard and, you know, never getting in trouble. You know, he's just doing things right. And I think that's what the world wants to see right now. And I, I don't really like, I think some areas of trash talk have gone too far when you're talking about families or wives or, or religion. You know, I think like when Chuck and Tito fought, you know, they really didn't like each other, but they kind of stayed in their lanes, right? They just didn't like each other. I think that's kind of fair, right? You're gonna, you don't have to like the person you're fighting. But in some of these other areas of life, I, I, it bothers me. It does, and uh, I really have a lot of respect for Cheeto for kind of letting cooler heads prevail. And you know, on fight night, we got our hand raised, and uh, damn, it feels good to be a gangster. <laughs> totally agree. The, the the two things that I've always said is there's two conversations you never bring to the dinner table, and that is politics and religion. Stay away. You yes. just don't. You just don't do it. Yes. I don't care what side you're on. You yeah. just don't do it. It's not a conversation to be yeah. had. And and so, like as you say, with the trash talking as well, they're two topics. Just leave it out. Um, yeah, yeah. But look, we we are going to uh, finish it up. Two things I want to do before we finish up, though. Who do we look out for this weekend? I know. I know you've got a couple. A uh, couple of fighters. Who do we look out for? Yes. We have uh, six clients. Hang on. We got, uh, hang on. Hang on. Hang on. Hang on. Marquez, Roki Martinez, Eric Anders, Chaos Williams, and Ashley Yoder. Wow. So you actually got six on this card. Yes. That's why you're a busy man. That's why you're a busy man. <laughs> so. Yes. All right. Well, so. I mean, we actually have. Eric's staying here, and we have Brandon Moreno staying here, and Brandon fights next week. I mean, we 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 got a full house here at the at the casa. <laughs> crazy, crazy. Well, um, yeah. we will finish it there. Um, not okay. not that you need any more clients because you seem to be busy to the brim. But <laughs> in the off chance that people are wanting to reach out to you, whether it is to to inquire about representation or whether it is just you know, to have a chat or whatever. What, What's kind of the best way for, for people to get in touch? Um, I'd say my email, jhouse at iridiumsportsagency.com or my Instagram handle, Jason K House. Um, you can reach me at both of them. And yeah, I look forward to talking to whoever. Well, there we have it. I cannot thank you enough for uh, coming on. Um, you know, I've had plenty of fighters already in, in this kind of series, had a couple of coaches, but it's always good to get a different perspective on things. Um, 
it's just funny, as, as I said, where where most of the world has gone quiet and 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 really, you know, um, lost its way. You you guys have been really really busy, um, but uh, we met in twenty fifteen. I saw you down in Melbourne. You're meant to reach out when you came to Sydney. Uh, I think it was for Frank's fight, which was another awesome fight. Um, but look, I, I hope now that they've announced the vaccine with apparently a 90% success rate, I'm hoping that the borders open soon and I can either get back to Vegas, New York, all of those things, or uh, or maybe we'll see you on this side of the ditch. But until then, we're going to call it a day. I'm a- I'm the one.